Thanks be to God and to Zoe and to Katie, our testifier, and to each one of you for being here today. There are a lot of ways to remember the dead. This whole month has been for us about death and dying, and we've talked about a lot of different parts of it. We have talked about heaven and hell and the afterlife, um, and who gets to say who goes there. Spoiler alert, it's not you. (laughs) It's God. We don't really need to uh, be telling people that we know where they're going. We talked about grief. We have talked about all of the different things that grief is to each one of us, grief and loss. Um, The grief not just of when people die, but the grief of a job lost, a hope lost, a certainty about what the future looks like lost, and how we deal with that together, and what can be hard about grief. Um, I'll say, one of the things that many folks grieve over that I think we don't take quite seriously enough is the grief of a lost relationship. It can be very hard to go through a breakup, and it's a way that we don't necessarily enter into each other's lives. Um, And... Ariana Grande just came out with a song called Thank You Next, uh, which is actually a really, really good spiritual meditation on loss and on getting through it and on believing that each loss you have experienced um, is something you can learn from and be changed by and be transformed by for the future. So that's one way to grieve. (laughs) Eating comfort food is another way to grieve. Singing is another way to grieve. Being silent is another way to grieve. We have talked about death and the kingdom of God. What do we believe that the end of the world where all of the dead will be resurrected and be together looks like, and what does that mean for us now? Death brings us into a lot of different places and a lot of different areas. When we read this Hebrews, we see the Hebrews were in this position of being um, persecuted by the people around them, of being in danger. They were in fear for their life and in fear for those they loved. And when they were in fear, they looked in two places. They looked deep into the past, to the cloud of saints and all those who had gone before them and what they had endured and how they had gotten through and how God had been there for them. They looked deep into the past and they looked deep into the future, to the kingdom of God that had been promised, to the vision of the world that God had painted. And it was in the past and in the future that they found the strength and hope for their present moment. These things are never separate. They are connected. They are the same. And this is where we find ourselves, too, like the Hebrews, um, in a moment not necessarily of persecution, but in the moments of our lives, which are always and always have been and always will be filled with good and bad and joy and hurt and the most wonderful of days and the hardest. And we ask ourselves the same question, which is, where do I look? Where do I look? What do I do (laughs) to see how do I live now and in this moment? What is my present, and what shall it be, and how shall I be? And my invitation today is for us to answer the question the same way, that when we ask ourselves who we want to be now, we look to the past and we look to the ancestors, and we look to the future, and we say, how can we be the ancestors of those who will come? How can we be a part of building, of envisioning, of seeing glimpses of the kingdom that has been promised, even though we may not be able to live like that yet. And one of the big ways we do that, I think, is by remembering the dead, specifically, not just as a group, not just as people who have gone before, but by remembering each life and saying, what did that life mean? How did they do it? How did they get through? 
There are so many ways that we have to remember the dead. Um, it, it really beautiful and interesting ones. I wanted to show you a few. Uh, one that I love, I have some of these at home, is um, when you get a t-shirt, right, with the name and the dates of somebody you love and maybe a portrait of them, um, that we show one another the people that we miss, the people that we were once with. A lot of folks have these um, either airbrushed or printed, wearing someone on your heart and on your sleeve, literally, that you have lost and that you loved. Another um, is jewelry. A lot of people will have bracelets or necklaces. Two pieces of my heart are in heaven. It has hearts, right, of people who have been lost. Ways that we wear on our body, that we show to the world the people who are still with us. A third is in our homes. Um, in our homes, this is a gorgeous urn for ashes from someone who has been cremated, um, that we live surrounded by the objects of the people that we have loved. And, and some people think of that as um, like mournful or scary, <laughs> but I want us to think of that as joyful and wonderful. At all four of our sites today, we have been led by Araceli Carrillo and Juan Pablo Herrera to have ofrendas at each site, right? Um, a place where we remember those who have died. And ofrendas are not uh, gloomy. <laughs> you can see that they are bright and beautiful. The three things it takes to make an ofrenda are the flowers, the papel picado, right, flags of brightness, and then some mementos of the dead. So we have up here photos, we have written names, um, we have other kinds of mementos. For me, peppermints I put on because they, um, my grandfather always smelled like peppermints and like a specific kind of tobacco that he smoked. I didn't have the tobacco at my house because I don't smoke a pipe, but I had, right, peppermints I got, and peppermints remind me of my grandpa. Um, and those mementos, this table is not a place of sadness, but a place of great, great joy. A place of great, great victory. A place of great, great conviction. Because when we look at the lives of those who have gone, we say we can keep them alive by remembering. A thing about remembering someone is that you remember them, you remember who they are, but also in the act of remembering, we remember what the body of Christ is. We remember them into our community. It seems like they're gone because their body isn't here, but actually all of the dead are with us at the table of communion, in worship to God, in all that we do in the world, whenever we remember them and learn from them and live differently because of who they have been and how they have been to us. Life and death are not separate, they are connected. <laughs> the past and the future and the present aren't different questions. They're all aspects of the same question that we are asking God. I had the really interesting experience um, of when I was pregnant with my daughter doing funerals, and because I'm a pastor. And, and when I got pregnant the first time, four years ago, I thought that that was potentially going to be really hard. I worried a lot that I would um, sort of do harm to people or make them feel uncomfortable by being such a visible presence of new life in a time that people were experiencing the end of life. I thought about it a lot, I worried about it a lot, but what I ended up experiencing was exactly the opposite, <laughs> was that so vividly thinking about life that was to come made our services about death and those who we had lost all the more significant and powerful. Because every time I officiated one of those funerals, I would think not only what I always think when I'm at a funeral, which is 
who was the gift of this person from God? There's no person who's ever been made, no matter how much they screwed up or were terrible, that didn't have some seed of God's goodness inside of them. And that's what I always try to look for, right? Um, Now, I, I could not only think that, but I could think, what about this person can I teach my kid? Right? What about this person can I um, bring into the future? And it changed the whole way that I thought about each one of them. That I did this funeral for a guy who um, was a builder of things and of people. He just was an incredible encourager. He wanted to build things that lasted, both from the heart and um, in our church community. And, and I had to do his funeral when I was just a few weeks pregnant. And and it was such a loss, he had died unexpectedly, um, that I was sorrowful, but also all of a sudden I was thinking, how do you teach somebody to be like that? How can I tell the story of him so that we can be builders too? There was another guy who was um, just a real character, like real like kind of saucy sense of humor, also basically unembarrassable. <laughs> um, any... Anything he wanted to say, he said it any way that people reacted. He did not care. (laughs) And I started thinking of him not just for others but for myself. When I made this commitment to remember the stories of the dead, I now think of him as years later. Every single time I have one of those feelings, has this ever happened to you where you remember something that happened? It might have been yesterday. It might have been 10 years ago. But where you said something you wish you hadn't said or you do something, did something you wish you hadn't done and it was embarrassing. And just in thinking about it, you feel like melting into a puddle on the ground that no one can ever find again, even though probably everybody else in that room has absolutely no memory of what you said or did. Yeah, everybody know this feeling? Every time I have that feeling of like deep humiliation and embarrassment, I now think of him and the like brazenness and unembarrassedness with which he lived, lived life. And I think I like, I'm going to cultivate a little taste of that, right? I'm going to like be a little less um, in my feelings and in my head. And I'm going to live differently because I knew someone who lived differently. And all of us can do that. And all of us can do that all the time. We can say that those who have died live with us in the way that they have impacted us, in the way that they have changed us, that the past is never just past, it's the future and the present. The past is never just past, it's the future and the present. Those who have died are the resurrection. Those who have been are the kingdom of God, with us, for us, and through us. And if we remember them like that, if we let them change the way we live, we can be empowered to change the way that others will live after us. So we're going to think about that a little bit, but I want to get nitty-gritty. I want to get the details. So if you really don't like talking to other people or if you're uncomfortable or this will be hard for you in any way, don't worry about it. Go like this. Nobody will talk to you. You can have a moment of prayer. You can have a moment of meditation. But if that's not you, I would invite you to find a friend here and to think of one person you know who has died. And it can be someone you knew personally and intimately, or it can be a kind of public figure who made an impact on you, even though you were never in the same room as them. Someone who has died and what they were like. Tell a friend the story of who they are and a little bit of how you want to live differently because of who they were. Find a friend and tell a story.
Okay. I hope that this conversation will continue for all of you in the days to come or in the hours to come, that as you share lunch together today or as you go forward, you'll continue to share these stories. But for now, I want to see, is anyone comfortable sharing with our gathered worshiping community? Somebody that you just talked about, something that you just talked about, some lesson, some person, some moment of life. Did I see a hand back there? Or was that a stretch? Oh, yeah. Here we go. person and like that's what I want to be is just like loving to everyone um, unconditionally regardless of um, she always told me she's like you um, you go to the beat of your own drummer and that's okay you be who you are um, that's what I want to pass on to other people Yeah. Um, I was sharing that my mom died when I was uh, 10 years old of a drug overdose. Um, and for me, it was a really hard thing to sort of live with, and you kind of have a lot of shame. Uh, but then over the years, I started to realize that I would not define my mother by her final act. Um, she was actually an incredible mother. I never went without and actually was never aware that she was on drugs. And so um, when I see celebrities and people die all the time and all the people ever focus on and obsess over is how they died in that final moment, um, I learned not to focus on people's final act but all the things that they do in between. And so that's something that has really stood with me and I encourage others to do the same. Thank you for that, Mark Wall. Whole lives. Anything else that came up? Yeah. Um, I was sharing with my group about my Aunt Kathy, who was not, um, who was not related to me by blood, but um, was just as much my aunt as if she had been. Um, she was murdered by her husband when she was 44, and um, I was pretty young. I was, I, I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I think 15 or so. Um, and I was remembering how... Um, I didn't like my Aunt Kathy um, because I viewed her as very um, standoffish and very rude and um, I didn't fully know how to interact with her. She didn't show me love in ways that I was used to be show, show, I was used to um, being shown And as I've gotten older and learned so much more, particularly after moving to Chicago and expanding my view, um, I realized that the reasons I viewed her that way as a young girl was because she didn't show up in the world um, as a woman in the way that I had had womanhood defined for me. She wasn't um, a maternal figure. She wasn't um, nurturing in the way that other people said nurture should look like. Um, and so I viewed her as mean. Um, but in reality, she was strong and she was vocal and she took no shit from anyone. Um, and those are, those are pieces of her that um, I wish she were alive now for me to say, how do I do that in the world? How do I show up as a woman like that in the world? I, um, I have a great, a great aunt who was basically like a grandmother to me because my grandmothers died before I was born. And my parents are not religious and have a lot of suspicion about the church. Um, uh, well-earned suspicion, <laughs> frankly. Um, and, uh, but my great aunts were very, very faithful, very, very religious. And my one great aunt, when she was growing up, I mean, women couldn't speak in the church, much less lead the church, but she was this incredibly smart self-taught person. She had read all the books on her own, and every single Sunday, she would write a letter in her perfect script 
to her pastor about what she had seen and not seen in the sermon that week and all of her thoughts about it. Um, And she did not live to see me become a pastor or become a Christian. And I think all the time, I wonder what Aunt Martha would think about this. (laughs) I mean, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other, she might have been mad about it, but I would have loved for her to see it, (laughs) for her to know um, the legacy that she has impacted who I am and what I have been in ways that she never could have predicted, given what she knew when she died. Um, that I learned from her things I didn't know about her until after she died, somehow through that way that we are knit together, somehow through that way that we love each other and impact each other even when we don't know how. I've been thinking a lot about the ancestors, um, both because of this, because of All Saints Day, because of this this, um, holy holiday that we are celebrating together of memory and beauty and how to live, but also because um, I have been hearing a lot of anxiety and pain and doom and gloom about the upcoming election, which I understand and get. But I have just been thinking to myself about this long timeline of history that the dead teach us, about this sense of, of how extended and interconnected things are And I have come to the conclusion that it matters that we act. It matters deeply that we act on our values and that we act on what we believe and that we attempt to transform the world. And also that no matter what happens Tuesday, um, there will be work to do for justice in the world. There's never a win (laughs) that happens on a day that does not need to be followed by more work and more embracing of more communities and more needs. And there is nothing that can happen that can stop the will and the love of God or stop the people from being there for each other. (laughs) There has been nothing that stopped that. There will be nothing that stopped that. The community endures. The community has endured so much, and the community goes forward the same way the Hebrews did, by remembering the past, by continuing to be convicted about the promises of the future, And living life in such a way that we live like those things are real and like we have learned from the past and that there is a great work to be done, but also no one of us will ever complete it. (laughs) We are always called to live that way. No matter what is happening in the world, no matter what is happening in our own family life, no matter what is happening in our own hearts and souls, good or bad, easy or hard, we are always called to live like there is a great work like there are those who have come before us we can honor and love, and like there are those coming after us that we have to think about as we make our choices about who we want to be in the world and how we want to love and how we want to make change and how we want to live like God is real. So today is a day to remember, and today is a day to remember our communities in ways where sometimes folks and stories have been lost. So I'm going to invite you down Um, now we're going to, we usually have our time of offering and then our communion, but we're going to switch it up a little bit today so that as we are remembering these stories, take these stories with you in your heart as we celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion. And then when you come down, I'm going to invite you, you can take communion as our communion servers come forward, this bread and this cup, but you can also light a candle. You can also leave a token or a memory Or if you don't have something to bring, write a name 
or an image or something that will help you to remember who has come so that you might be different because of who God has made you to be and who God has made all people to be. This is a day to remember all the saints.